Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you're listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, it's another week. We are getting close to August. Yeah, July is ending here. And man, lots of stuff going on around here. It is a wild time. Um, so if you're listening to Successfully Funded and you, you know, you, maybe you just stumbled upon this. I know I'm going to create a fantasy story here that doesn't exist. but So let's just theoretically say that you have just randomly downloaded a podcast from the internet. You have no idea how you got here. This is, I'm going to tell you what's going on here. Successfully Funded is hosted by me, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, right? And my job is to interview project creators in the middle of their crowdfunding campaigns. So that way I'm giving you the most up-to-date information about what is going on, what's, what's the temperature like, uh, what, what the stress levels are going on, how people got successful, what they did a few months ago to get to this point. So basically, we, we dissect it as much as possible. And we also talk a, a lot about what it's like to be an entrepreneur, what, what they might be going through as a, as a person outside of, of the work that needs to be going on. So that's what we do here. And this episode is episode 99. That's right. This episode is 99. That, you know what that means? Next episode is 100. A hundred of these things. If you would have told me when we started this back in the fall of last year that we'd be at a hundred, I would have been like, eh, I don't think so. I, 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 I don't think we'll get to that far. I don't know if this idea is worth it, but the response we've gotten from everybody, the amount of people wanting to be on the podcast, the, out, the, the just overall excitement, we're keeping this thing going, man. Yeah, I'm excited. So coming up on today's episode, I'm going to be talking talking to Sona, and she is from the Indiegogo campaign Voltermon, the world's most powerful small, smart wallet. And I'm going to tell you something: very, very cool designs going on here. Um, amazing the amount of stuff that they've packed into a very fashion fashion forward, very cool looking wallet. Um, in fact, it is. Uh, if my wife was working and we had steady income coming in, which that's a whole other conversation. Uh, it would be hard pressed not to pick up one of these things because these bad boys look sweet. And my iPhone wallet case thing is broken, so I have to find something new in general. So go check out Volterman, V O L T E R M A N on Indiegogo. You are, and also listen, well, don't just go, don't just leave right now. Don't just stop the podcast and go do that. Listen to my interview with Sona. And in the interview, uh, I was pretty proud of myself because I think Sona approached this with a a marketing background and a marketing speak and wanted to stay on brand. But I got her to talk openly about just her and and the project as well. So very great. I'm, I'm happy with my interview. Let's just say that. I'm patting myself on the back and I'm very, very excited. So what else is going on around here? Well, um, as I hinted at a minute ago, the, the the landscape is still a little tense around here. The wife still is um, out looking for a new job, or we're trying to figure out if maybe she should stay from, at home. But you know, so we just basically, uh, if I had forty plates spinning at one time, we just added four or five more. That's all, um, and and only big ones in terms of keeping your uh, the lights on and and support and and a comfortable living for your for your uh, kids and stuff. So that's going on here. So that's always nice. Um, had a huge, great, exciting weekend. We had a ton of great stuff. I remember falling asleep Sunday night, um, just having this very peaceful 
moment in my head. Um, and over the weekend, we had uh, what's called the Founders Festival here. And that was, I think, Thursday through Sunday or Friday through Sunday, whatever it is. And just a ton of great events. But I, I really just had a, a nice moment of being incredibly comfortable and happy with the amount of support that's in our community, how we fit into our community, how much fun my kids had. I mean, we did everything this weekend. They were exhausted. I remember even like Saturday night, you know, they were up until like 11 o'clock, which again, not a usual thing around here. Uh, Very rare thing, I should say. And just the amount of people we connected with, saw, interacted with, really just gave a sense of um, how myself, Aaron, my family, how we fit in this community. And, and, and I don't know, it's just like this overwhelming feel of love. And it's something I haven't really, f- I mean, I've, I think I've felt stuff like this before. I don't know. But it was really just a nice moment of of a peaceful feeling, you know. And man, I was, you know, so I fell asleep, you know, ex- I don't, I'm not excited. Peaceful, maybe is the right term. And I'm comfortable saying that. I know that that's not a manly thing to say, but it was just a nice feeling, you know, just to know how much my kids um, enjoy this community, how much the people around us, um, how, how, how impactful everybody is to each other's lives. I mean, um, had a really kind of a, uh, a nice moment too of just um, my, our, our neighbors who are our family friends here, our kids are all about, all about the same age of just going to an event like this and watching over each other's kids, experiencing these memories all together, just was really something that I just took took to heart and, and really enjoyed myself. But So got an interesting AMA question. Remember how we were doing the podcast, Ask Me Anything, where you basically, I give out my phone number. I'll give it out again. So 248-264-3464. That's my actual cell phone number, and I don't want any nudie pictures being sent to me. I'm telling you right now. There's a couple of you guys out there I know who are thinking about sending me over some nasty stuff. I don't want it. That's for podcast questions only. (laughs) Okay, so an interesting question came through on how to do crowdfunding for schools. And I'm just setting this question up because I don't have any answers at the moment, and I'm going to be looking into this. But I'm I'm definitely opening that conversation. So if, if you want... I've also got a new uh, Facebook group going right now called Successfully Funded. So if you go over to Facebook and search Successfully Funded, you'll see a group, add to join, and throw in your questions or comments around, can crowdfunding be used for public schools? Can teachers go to this sort of toolbox, and or tool in the toolbox, I should say, and raise money for their supplies or things for their kids to do, iPads, whatever it might be? Um, so... That question came in late last night, and I am on the front door of looking through questions and answers and starting my research on it, but I'm very, very intrigued on this one, so kind of keeping it in our community community conversation. I'm just wondering what can happen on a hyper, hyper local um, level of crowdfunding. I mean, I think it would be hard-pressed for somebody like me, or anybody, I should say, to give money to another school district if instead of giving money to your school district. So I think it's a hyper, hyper-local hyper issue. I'm intrigued on it, and uh, I am working through answers right now. So hopefully in the next couple of episodes, hopefully episode maybe even 100, uh, I'll have some answers for how to do this. Or I might actually even have Sean and Paul on to see if we can't discuss this since Sean spent um, some time in the, um, the public education system. So I don't know. That's what's going on around here. But, um, but yeah, so again, got some 
you know, favors for me outside of the Ask Me Anything, joining our, our, uh, our Facebook group. Go tell a friend that you're enjoying the podcast. That is huge and helpful. Please do that. Um, if you like what you're hearing, please leave a review. The reviews are helpful as well. All this stuff is helpful, right? Interact with us. Send us questions and comments to the, my phone number, like I said, 248-264-3464. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and just again, tell more friends. So let's go ahead and kick to my conversation with Sona uh, from Volterman. And if you know, you've got seven days to, to go back this. So do this stuff now. Go search it right now if you're interested. Um, very, very cool product. And you're definitely going to want to be a part of the movement that they're, that they're doing right now. So, all right, let's go ahead and kick it to my conversation. All right, Sona, I have hit the record button, so the pressure is now on. This is this is this is the do or die time. We're recording now, so let's start off with a simple sound check. Let's. Uh, what's something that you do? that nobody knows about, right? That you think my listeners would be into. Like, like what's a secret that you have? Uh, my personal secret? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever you have. <laughs> what's, something that, what, what's something that nobody knows about? Oh, okay. I love listening to loud music when I'm driving in a car. That's a great it's one. Very, very loud. But when there are people next to me, I, of course, don't do it. <laughs> so, now, what kind of, mu- <laughs> what, what kind of music? Oh, I love different. It depends on my mood. Uh, either it can be like uh, different, like classical, rock. Uh, it can be pop music. Uh, just depends on my sound, uh, on my mood. The only thing that I don't like is hard rock. Okay. The rest is acceptable. So the last time that you did one of these episodes in the car, what was the song choice? What was on the radio? It was pop music. Well, what was it? Would uh, I know it? Uh, yes, this um, uh, attention. It's called attention. Uh, okay. No, oh, let me remember who's singing. Just a second. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Charlie uh, Puth. Okay. All right. Yes. And, and now, are you are, is this uh, are you old school with like a CD or is it Spotify? What what tool are you using to to, to listen to the music on? Oh no no I use the I use the radio in the, the CD yes. Okay all right all right or uh, well, I think- sometimes the, the memory stick. Oh okay like a, a USB stick. Yeah, yeah the USB stick. So I have a collection of uh, the songs that I really love. Uh, and- making making your own playlist huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the best option. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're sounding good. I think I think uh, I think we can move forward here. Uh, so let's jump into it. So, so this you've got a interview, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, it's all the interview. You know, we're just talking. So you have a very successful Kickstarter campaign going. I'm sorry, Indiegogo campaign going. I yes. have to correct myself there. You're running Indiegogo. So why don't you tell my listeners what your project is and what you're raising money for uh, over on Indie? Sure, with great pleasure. So, uh, Walterman is uh, just a regular wallet when you look at it at first glance. But when you have a second glance, it's not a regular wallet. It's a smart wallet. And how we call it, it's the most powerful smart wallet that you will ever own. Uh, 
So because it's equ- it is equipped with certain uh, super abilities that we like to call them, <laughs> it has a power bank and uh, can p- fully charge your smartphone anywhere and anytime. It also has distance alarm that signals the smartphone when the wallet is left behind and signals the wallet when the smartphone is left behind. Uh, Walterman has also GPS tracker, and this is a global GPS tracker, which helps to track your wallet in any corner of the world. Walterman is also equipped with Wi-Fi router, so it provides quality internet when traveling abroad and with very affordable data roaming tariffs. The next feature that Walterman has is camera. This is kind of a funny but very uh, useful feature, but it takes the photo of the person who finds and opens the wallet when it is in a lost mode and then sends the photo to the app or emails you. Wow. It only works, yes, when in when lost mode. For example, when someone like steals your wallet and then you notice you put it in lost mode. So the first person who opens it, the photo is taken and then emailed to you, so you basically know who the thief is. Plus, it also secures data reading and identity theft through RFID protection. So it has the pockets for RFID protection. And yes, yeah, so your your uh, card details cannot be read. It wow. is, yeah, something that's very useful. So that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of things packed into a wallet. Uh, how how big is this wallet? Like that's a lot of stuff in it. Yeah, it sounds that this is something very huge, but in reality, Volterman is very slim, lightweight, and waterproof. So uh, the bifold, we actually have three types. Uh, so we offer the card holder, we offer bifold, and also the travel wallet. So uh, the bifold is only eleven millimeters thick. And the size is 12 uh, to 9 centimeters. That's the size. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it really is not uh, thick at all. So you can proudly just uh, wear, you, you carry your Walterman with you mm. and uh, have all this functionality next to you all the time. That's cool. So, like, you know, now sitting on some of these tech things, is there any sort of issue? Uh, issues that come up with that. I mean, I don't really like sitting on my iPhone because I feel like uh, I could, I'm going to bend it or something. I, I don't know. But is there any sort of thought like that? Oh, uh, no, I guess. I don't know. Generally, <laughs> Generally no. no. We, know, that, we know, but of course, like uh, it depends. But I think, uh, you know, just to have something uh, as useful as Walterman is next to you, and it just gives you the confidence to continue your daily activities without being afraid that your smartphone will not have charge, without being afraid that uh, when you are traveling abroad, you uh, might uh, just lose connection and mm-hmm. not be connected or have to pay this extraordinary data roaming tariffs uh, or like bills when you right. return home. And um, yeah, and you have no chance to leave your wallet anywhere because if you leave it, it just the, through Bluetooth uh, alarm, it just signals uh, the smartphone that, you know, you have left your wallet. Just go get it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. So, so- so where is the you know where is the original idea for this like like w- how did this sort of come together uh, f- yeah. for you guys to go and make this product? 
Uh, actually, this is a result of uh, more than two years of hard work. And the idea was born when Azad, who is our CTO, uh, Chief Technical Officer, lost his wallet uh, in the, uh, for the first time. And then for the second time, his daughter hit the wallet somewhere at home and then he couldn't find it for a long time. And then when this happened for the third time, he decided that he has to do something with it. So, uh, yes, step by step, he came up first with the idea of the distance alarm so that, uh, yeah, he can track the wallet connecting with the smartphone. And then uh, the power bank, because uh, it would be useful to uh, just charge your phone. And then after a lot of like discussions in the team, the team was developed. And then the, the alternative, the, not the alternative, but the extra features already came uh, step by step. Because uh, there are uh, actually other wallets are they out there that have like distance alarm feature or the power bank feature. But Walterman is the only wallet in the world that has the combination of these five main features. Plus, it also has SD memory card, uh, which we had like a uh, stretch goal. And now it was unlocked when we reached uh, 250,000. So basically, it has six uh, features yes all combined into one slim uh, lightweight and waterproof wallet and that's why we call it the most powerful smart wallet because uh, there is n- there is no other wallet like yeah yeah I, I can tell you as somebody who uh-huh. does lots of these interviews and scours for cool products I've never seen anything like this is hence one of the reasons I reached out because I was like man I'd love to love to just learn more about this so you know where like, how does somebody start? I mean, maybe your CTO knows more about this, but like, like, how do you start to develop something like this? Um, you know, without going overboard. I mean, it seems like from everything, it looks like like these six, you know, powerful features. It looks like they all fit perfectly in there. It looks great. But how do you start that process two years ago um, in terms of like designing anything? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, it just started with with this basic idea, right? The distance yeah. alarm was, then it was. Then we decided to, to, to develop this step by step. Then a big team uh, gathered together. And it was like a long days of brain, brainstorming, of designing, of thinking. And we worked with the uh, famous uh, branding company, Backbone Branding. They are like uh, super cool. They came up with a design because it's also very, very important. Yes. Yeah. Not yeah. only about this technical stuff, but if the wallet doesn't look good, no one would like to carry it. So, uh, yeah, it was like scrupulous work that was done by Backbone Branding. And we really love what they did. And so far, like seriously, the campaign has been up for more than 20 days already. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we did also the pre-campaign uh, activities in terms of marketing and PR and so on. But I haven't heard uh, basically like uh, anyone complaining about the design. Yeah, no, it looks great. It looks really yeah, great. Because uh, everyone kind of likes the only thing that they want uh, some yes customers is to add this coin pocket uh, in the bifold. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, the idea first, because we did some survey and uh, found out that not many people um, yes uh, like like the wallet who uh, that has the coin compartment because it makes it thick, right? Right. Yep. So, yeah, and because we, we have all this tech inside, uh, which is, of course, slim still, but with the coin compartment, it would be very 
thick. Yeah. But however, we might uh, think of incorporating it in our like future future uh, versions because if people like, then okay, they can also have it. But currently, we don't offer that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. So, so what is your role inside of uh, the company? Uh, I'm the PR manager of the company. And, uh, yeah, and I'm responsible for the public relations uh, for. Uh, the media also, mm-hmm. the media engagement. So we have been featured in a couple of cool publications like Mashable, uh, The Verge, uh, CNN Tech wrote about us, uh, Yahoo Finance, and uh, yeah. And how, how did you get on board with the company? Uh, how did I? <laughs> uh, oh, that was, <laughs> that was something, you know, I, I believe that um, everything in life happens for a reason and... Uh, there is no coincidence. It's just what's meant to be is meant to be. Uh, so, yeah, I happened to meet one of the co-founders, uh, co-owners of the company. And he was just, um, he offered me um, to lead the PR. Um, and, yeah, I agreed because uh, I really uh, found that this is something great and this has to be implemented properly. Yeah. And because I'm perfectionist in a way, so... <laughs> Well, well, uh, I decided to devote uh, my time and energy and uh, resources, experience and skills to making Volterman really. That's cool. Have you always worked with like startups like this? Is, is Volterman a startup? Is it, has yeah, it been it's established? A startup. It's actually, it's a startup. Um, yeah, I've had prior experience with a few, but not as uh, successful as uh, Volterman. I mean, successful, but uh, with uh, within like, Within the country or within um, among uh, this, um, not not as popular like as uh, mm-hmm. Walterman became, right? Yeah. And not uh, within crowdfunding sphere. Right, right. So you know, f- at, from from your side of the coin on, on the PR and sort of marketing and stuff like that, what do you think um, is the hardest thing for a startup to you know to do when it comes to marketing a new product? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's uh, something that. Uh, really the companies need to consider a lot because it's not just creating something great. When you create something great and people don't understand or uh, don't perceive it as so, then it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the role of marketing and PR is really crucial. You need to create this uh, con- the concept and you need to create this conception and also deliver it properly to the customers so that they understand that whatever they they are uh, ordering or whatever they want to own is something that uh, will really not only be useful but also make them feel proud of owning. So this what? Is- yeah, what's been the biggest change in like let's just say the last two years in your field? Generally, like in yeah, just. Gen- yeah, just so, yeah, just generally, like in, in marketing and stuff, oh, has there I mean, been any major yeah, changes? Social media and the, the social platforms such as Facebook and uh, Twitter and so on, they have widened the opportunities and uh, they really uh, allow it, allow to use other means of marketing and PR that were not accessible like years back. Hmm? Mm-hmm. And um, this... Uh, this has changed the things quite a lot, and I think it's going to change even in the upcoming years. And I don't know what kind of shifts we we will experience, but I know that that, that they will happen. But uh, currently, yeah, 
you have, you basically, if you know how to proceed, if you just uh, collect all uh, the necessary um, things that you need uh, before starting, because it's really like, it's huge preparation. You cannot just take a product, say, oh, it's awesome, and then go to the market and succeed. No, it's not going to work, definitely. No matter how awesome your product is, it's not going to work until you do proper marketing and you prepare for the campaign. And especially with the crowdfunding campaign, you have to prepare. Yeah, yeah. So where did you grow up? Oh, I grew up in um, Armenia. Okay. Uh, Yes. Uh, And what did your parents do? (laughs) Or what do they do, I should say? My parents, uh, they are involved in small, um, like, family business. Okay. And I personally have um, yeah, two master's degrees, uh, and uh, one of them is uh, related with the linguistics, uh, and uh, the other is related with business. I did my MBA in Sweden. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I really love uh, PR and marketing. So that was the the major field that I concentrated on while studying. And then I had, uh, of course, chances to experience it in real uh, life uh, Mm -hmm. with several companies. But like uh, uh, this this is uh, the first crowdfunding project that I'm involved in. Yeah. What what drew you kind of growing up, you know, in your environment, what do you think drew you to, to marketing and language and, mm. uh, that sort of stuff? What do you think it was? Oh, it's just uh, my interest. You know, I have like a wide scope of interest. And uh, when I was uh, growing up, I was trying to find myself and trying to understand what is that uh, really is, uh, close to my heart and what is my passion, like what I really want to do. Because I truly believe that if you do something with your heart and if you do something that you love, then the the chances that you will be successful, you'll succeed, are much, much higher than if you just do something for doing. So right. therefore, I was searching my passion and I uh, was trying to find uh, my mission. And uh, uh, then step by step, I got closer and uh, really disclo- disclosed that this is something that I love to do. And this is something that uh, I want to do. And that's why uh, when you have the combination of this, uh, then you get into balance uh, with yourself and uh, your life uh, and your work uh, just yeah, becomes uh, as fruitful and productive uh, as never before. Yeah. Is there any sort of um, routines or... I guess just things that you do every day to kind of keep this balance, especially, and I, I talk, I like talking about this stuff because I think the, you know, middle of a crowdfunding campaign is, you know, incredibly stressful, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of plate spinning. So is there anything that you do to just, you know, whether it's meditate at night or something or get up early, whatever it is, is there any sort of things that you do consistently every day to kind of keep the balance going? Yeah, that's again, uh, I'll come back to the music because that's something that makes me relax. And uh, uh, also, uh, yeah, I listen to music and uh, I just sometimes go out and uh, I love dancing as well. So I might allow myself to to go out, uh, but not very often, of course. (laughs) Time is not enough. uh, Yes, just to go out, take the stress off. 
um, yeah, th- those are basically again. It it comes to music. Uh, yeah. Probably my uh, <laughs> the medicine uh, for stay staying like uh, strong and positive and uh, <laughs> yeah, not very stressed. How about how about like a um, maybe a tool that you're using? I mean, you know, I'm looking at like the campaign. I mean, you've got 291 comments, and mm-hmm. I'm sure the amount oh, of yeah. emails have just been overwhelming and stuff like that. So, like, <laughs> are there any sort of tools that you're using to maybe automate your life a little bit oh. to to make you know some of these things easier? All this, like, uh, I'm also leading the support team, uh, the customer support team uh, here uh, for Walterman, and this is like a priority for us to take care of every single customer and every single comment, as you can see, is answered. Yeah. Everything, Oof. like we have a Facebook, I know, but that's that's not done automatically at all. It's yeah. all handled manually. It's all handled with like specific approach to each and every customer. I know this is something that not many campaigns do. I would say like, 90% or even more they don't do but this is a priority for me because uh, you know uh, I like as I said uh, during uh, my converse, during the conversation earlier uh, I'm sort of a perfectionist so I like to keep things uh, to the high standards therefore my team uh, is working like 24 7 and we keep this, and this is the priority for us uh, to make the customers feel that they are heard, that their questions are answered, that they are taken care of, and this will be till the end. Right. You know, you mentioned you know the perfectionness mm-hmm. um, a couple times. Is there any? You know, what's your take on that when it comes into running these sort of campaigns, considering that, you know, um, people, you know, Facebook is like pushing Facebook live. There's even like, I think Kickstarter has a Kickstarter live thing, you know, where it's almost like this impromptu, this sort of, you know, less polished approach to, to some of the marketing strategies. How does somebody who's a perfectionist deal with, oh, no, no, let your wart show, you know, just, 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 just be natural. How, how do you walk that line? <laughs> okay, like we, we didn't do this um, kicks, um, Indiegogo Live or Facebook Live or whatever, I don't know. Uh, however, um, we uh, for this, like uh, for uh, the video that we uh, launched, uh, like the unedited video mm-hmm. uh, about testing the prototype. And then, uh, yeah, it was uh, where we showed exactly how, how the wallet works and so on. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, okay. Being a perfectionist, uh, is something that uh, I am actually, but I'm also very flexible. <laughs> okay. And I like adjusting to situations and if things demand, I can adjust. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this is also something that I value in myself. And also I just, uh, in my work, because I know that you cannot just move forward, uh, uh, demanding everyone to adjust to yourself sure. uh, because especially when you have uh, like a management uh, role and so on, you have uh, to somehow be flexible if you want your work to be, uh, to move forward. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about the video a little bit. So 
it's a very well done video from our listeners. I, I definitely recommend everybody goes check out this video, but it's definitely got a tone to it. And I'm putting my parentheses marks up. Um, where did this idea come for it, from it to have such a, um, you know, sexiness vibe to everything? And uh, like, 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 you know, just that sort of, I don't know. There's just, there's just something to it. Like wh- where did that idea come for, for the video? You mean that the small part uh, in the video with the 45 minutes thing? Or? Well, just just the, like the tone of the video at the very end of it, and um, very, you know, just like like yeah, you know, like the 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 guy definitely has a sex appeal in some of it when he you know as he's walking around his day, you know how the woman reacts to him. I, there's just I don't know. There's just a tone to it that I don't think is very. I don't think I've seen that sort of tone in a lot of uh, crowdfunding videos. So I was just wondering what the take on that was. <laughs> okay, that was just again like the creative part that our creative team decided to uh, elaborate on and then implement of course but uh, that scene with uh, with the guy and with the girl yes um, it, that that scene in the bed it was just done to uh, uh, kind of uh, have some funny attributes in the right. video because when you look uh, at when you like watch a video that lasts for three and a half minutes for example yes yeah. and when you constantly um, just see something that's serious, 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 serious. It's kind of cool to have uh, something uh, like a bit uh, funny or something a bit uh, unusual, maybe somewhere. Sure. Yep. Also, because it still doesn't uh, give some idea that it's totally not connected with the thing. So it kind of flows in a chain. But that funny part, we wanted to be there to just keep the things a bit uh, simple rather than uh, putting it serious, serious, serious all the time. Yeah, that's cool. Well, let's flip over and actually kind of just discuss the Indiegogo campaign itself. So for my listeners out there, I mean, as of right now, when we're taping this, you've got nine days to go and you're at, you know, $641,000. So a very successful campaign at the moment. Um, what was the, uh, you know, why Indiegogo over Kickstarter and why crowdfunding in general, I think would be my, my bigger question around that. Oh yeah. Crowdfunding, uh, in general, because, uh, you know, uh, we had the, we had the idea, we had the prototype and we decided to just have people know and learn about the product. So I think that crowdfunding is a perfect platform for this uh, because uh, this is where like the innovative ideas are displayed and when people get to know them. And then the chances that you can like uh, grow and uh, especially when you're successful, right? You can become a brand and you can become successful and grow and then develop and move forward are quite high. But of course, not uh, all crowdfunding uh, campaigns are successful, and of course, even a lot of them are not successful. So we were uh, we can counted all these risks and everything. However, as I told before, we had to do uh, like a lot of preparation. It was months and months of preparation before launch. But if you do this wisely and if you do this uh, properly, then the chances that you will succeed on a crowdfunding platform are quite high. Because when you create the trust and when you create the reliability and when you prove that the product really works, mm-hmm. and then uh, this is like uh, the very first uh, and uh, I mean strong step that can give you a further development perspective, and it's already like for one hundred percent. And how about how about why Indiegogo over Kickstarter? Was there any discussion around that? 
Uh, yeah, actually, we had to choose between Kickstarter or Indiegogo. <laughs> so uh, then we were negotiating with the uh, with the um, platforms, and uh, just the Indiegogo had a much better offer for us in terms of so nothing, nothing very special. Uh, yeah. So for somebody thinking about you know starting an Indiegogo campaign. Um, and you mentioned the, the amount of work it takes before that, but what would be the one thing you would tell them to go and focus on, um, you know, whether it's marketing, social media, just building the product, what would you tell them to start focusing on? Prepare, prepare, prepare. <laughs> they should prepare like uh, from the even four to five months before at least, yes? Yeah. They have to um, just get her subscribers. Uh, they have to involve all the people who are interested they have to to work to prepare for the marketing. They have to have a journalist list. They have uh, to do a lot of stuff. But this is really prepare, prepare, prepare yeah. in different directions, and then launch. Because without preparation, the campaign is bound to fail. So, so this may be a absolutely stupid question because of the amount of success you're having. But as you look at the campaign right now, is there anything that you would have done a little bit different? Prepare more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the theme of this episode. Just pre- keep preparing. That's good, though. That's what we have to tell everybody. Yeah. Everybody thinks they just, oh, yeah, you just launch it right away. But no. Okay. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, well, what does, you know, you know, kind of flipping back to, um, you know, kind of the company itself, what does scale look like? And, wh- and what's the plan for, for this product line? Okay, yeah, we have huge plans actually in for for the future. So basically all the wallets that are ordered, they're pre-ordered during the Indiegogo campaign, they will be delivered in December. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, but after after that uh, we might be in demand so on Indiegogo, but all these orders will be a bit later. So for 2018 we plan to go into retail markets already like Amazon and uh, the others and we want to launch a women version as well hmm. why why shouldn't women benefit from this uh, wonderful right. world as well right mm-hmm. uh, so we had this question in mind but we wanted to start with something and then uh, continue the success already in 2018 by launching a, a female version uh, then we have of course uh, other plans our vision is actually up to 2027 and in 2027 you will be able to charge your tesla yeah, Walter Man. <laughs> that's cool. So, I mean, so that's when you guys, fun, of course, but uh, okay. Oh, but, 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 when, yeah. when you describe your 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 the the company, is it more fashion or is it more tech? It's actually fashion, tech, travel, uh, everything. Like it's a combination of several things. It's like innovation, tech, yeah, fashion, and. Um, mm-hmm. A combination and because it's useful for traveling it's like a fashion attribute it's tech and it's innovation so we have a combination of all this into one again so for you being the marketing person what kind of challenge does that put on your plate when you have multiple industries that you're trying to tap into yeah, it's hard. That, therefore, it's again, it again doubles the work. Actually, not doubles, but even triple, triples the work because it's something uh, when you concentrate on like tech uh, industry only. But if you have the focus in fashion and also in like travel or others, then you have to dig uh, 
into wider yes scope or wider area when for example it comes to journalists right so when you approach the journalists you don't only approach those who are tech oriented you also have to like wider the scope because this might be also interesting for those who are involved in fashion or in travel so really uh, this uh, this doubles uh, and triple even triples the work however uh, yeah i still don't complain it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, you know, we talked about the company's visions for the next few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about you personally? Like, where do you see yourself fitting into not just this company, but I guess in general and in, in the whole landscape of marketing? Where do you see yourself in the next few years? Oh, I would love to have uh, such successful uh, projects also in the future because um, this uh, this was actually a huge experience uh, again uh, with uh, with all the work that was done and all the knowledge that was gained. Uh, this 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 is something yeah, that I can for sure use uh, in future, and this can be very helpful uh, for other campaigns because uh, really it's not about just taking and going uh, on the crowdfunding platform. It's uh, it's a lot more, uh, and when you have someone knowledgeable and uh, who can help you, then it's much easier. And I can consider myself already at this stage that knowledgeable, just <laughs> judging from the success that we had. Yeah, and, and how about do you have any predictions on where marketing's going as a as a whole? You know, where where's the puck going? Um. It's going to the future, <laughs> and the future seems bright. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, do you, I mean, do you see it going into more like you know? Is there any insight in terms of like, do you see email marketing popping up, or still on just on, on social media and just Facebook, or do you see uh, Snapchat uh, yeah. or any any other platforms popping but, up? Uh, really. I, I'm even uh, sometimes scared to think about the future, and I think it's going to be the nearest future. When I uh, just think about this artificial intelligence stuff, Internet of Things, and mm-hmm. uh, whatever virtual reality, and so on, I don't know. Maybe we'll just be selling things or marketing. Them. I have <laughs> really I haven't dug into that that far. Yeah. But uh, again, my personality is uh, that of. Uh, not only being uh, like a perfectionist, but also someone very flexible. So I like adjusting to things and uh, I am capable of doing it. So whatever the future is, uh, yeah, it's just if you have the skills and you have these capabilities, you can simply adjust. Right. So in, so you got nine days to go in the campaign, but you know, so after, let's just say all the money comes in and you know, every, every, you know, you've got all all the declined backers and all that stuff, get through all that, those weeds, what starts to happen? I mean, I know you mentioned that, you know, you want to deliver these wallets in December, but, but what starts, what's the first thing out of the gate that starts to happen? So after the campaign, actually, we will, first of all, send a survey to our backers so that they are able to choose the color, the leather that they want, um, and also we offer engraving. Hmm. So they have to, uh, they cool. also have to indicate it and the shipping shipping address and also some add-ons. So everything this has to be done right after the campaign. Are you and using then, a, a a third party at all, or are you got, are you doing all that yourself? Yeah, uh, we will use a third party service, but uh, to make this as professional as possible because. 
Now, that has been our mission and that is our mission to provide the professional and the approach to every single customer until the end because we care and we value every supporter and every backer and because without them, we wouldn't succeed. Right. That's our philosophy and we will move like this towards the end. Uh, afterwards, uh, of course, uh, we were planning to start uh, um, PCB design after the campaign, but it's uh, already in the process. Uh, it, it has been designed, we have the prototypes, but already like the final preparations and so on to, to go into mass production. Right. We have already started uh, because uh, it's better to, because we already know like the money is there and yeah. Right. We will be doing this, so it's better to start a bit early so as to really uh, keep up with our promise of delivering the uh, wallet in time in December. Uh, so after after that, of course, it's going to be the mass production and um, yeah, the shipping already uh, towards the end of November and beginning of December, depending on the location, so that everyone gets their wallets before the new year. Now, now, with such a large campaign and, and a ton of backers, and I'm sure you'll probably get a lot more over the next couple, you know, ten days, nine days or so. What internally are you guys discussing as you know uh, pitfalls or blockers or you know I don't know shipping issues or what whatever it might be? What are some of the things that that kind of keep you up at night when you have this many backers in this type of a campaign? Oh, what we really want to do is, again, um, and it comes from the fact that we really care about our backers. We want them to be happy, happy, happy. Mm-hmm. That's, what we, what, that's what we want. Because we don't want this to stop somewhere here. It's going to continue. It's going to come with the women's version. Then we want, like, a backpack. We want suitcase uh, in the be- right. uh, yeah, in future. And other versions of men wallets. Like, yeah, we want this to be continuous. And... It's just the trust that we have created so far and we want to keep it. That's something that keeps us uh, awake at night and we don't want to fail in any single aspect. We, we want to deliver all the promises that we have given and de- de- deliver them in timely manners in the best way possible. That's cool. Well, that's cool. Well, where can find where can people find more information if they want to dive into your brand and in, 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 into the, the Volderman world? Uh, okay, to dive into Walterman World, they will um, be able uh, through our website, which will be um, like a real, real website <laughs> after the campaign, uh, because before the campaign, it was like a landing page. Sure. Uh, now it's it has a bit more additional features, but after the campaign already, uh, it will become a website through which people will be able to um, communicate to us and just, uh, yeah. Uh, just refer with any single question that uh, that they might have. Cool. Well, Sonia, I think we did it. We did a good episode here. Um, I want to. Pre- I appreciate you taking time out of your day in the middle of a of a big, busy, busy schedule, and I appreciate us rescheduling and getting on here because I think my listeners are going to love love hearing about the uh, this very cool smart wallet. So I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, it's my pleasure, and thanks for uh, getting in touch, and thanks for having this. Uh, no problem. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. All right. How about that conversation with Sona? Awesome, awesome stuff there about um, building this really cool product and launching it on Indiegogo and getting it out there. So um, I want to thank her again for taking time out of her day to to join the podcast and share her insights and stuff like that. 
So the song we're listening to is a song called Standing Still. It was never really released. It was on an album called The Sugar Roses Collection that never really went anywhere because my singers quit on me. Thank you, Jake and Lulu, for quitting. Um, really appreciated that at the time. But uh, yeah, kind of a song about heartbreak and, and struggling with relationships in life. So I thought I'd throw that out there right now. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. All right, guys, I'll talk to you all next week. Um, yeah, go check out Volterman. Talk to you all later.